All right, it is Friday night. We are live back with The Journey. I uh, hope you guys had a great week. We did. Last week was uh, pretty cool. I got to share and uh, just express some of my story with the Lord, and um, I hope you guys liked it. Also, if you want to get behind what we're doing here, you can go to hcm-stratford.org. You can find the PayPal link and become a supporter of The Journey. Also, just to let you know, uh, there's anyone who comes on here, make sure you support their ministries and help them out because uh, they don't get paid for coming on the journey. So bless them. All right. How's everybody doing this week? Make sure you comment, share, be a part of what's going on. Um, ask questions. We try to get to them, but if we don't, we can always personally message you. Don't worry. Um, and like we always say, you are powerful enough to disagree. So remember that. How you doing, Johnny? Great, great. And <laughs> just sharing the broadcast. Sharing the broadcast. Getting it out there. <laughs> Spreading the word. Yeah. Yeah, we just encourage people to share um, because that's how it spreads quickly to people. And it does. Uh, people are able to uh, connect with it and it can stir them up and, uh, and cause them to think. Well, and sometimes it, it's like you don't even know it. Like my my wife, the one week that um, Shakira was on, that just hit her to the point where she watched it two, three times. Yeah, just to unfold some of the stuff she was hearing that was resonating inside of her. Right? Yeah, we're all in different places. We're all we're all walking with the Holy Spirit through these things. And some you might it might be one thing tonight for you, but mm-hmm. that one thing's worth it. Oh, you know that one thing could be pretty powerful and so you know it says says like the guy went and sold everything to go buy the field with the pearl of great price in it right that's right so don't just uh don't just hear don't be here just to hear be here to to know right look for the knowing look for the inward witness yeah and when those things when you feel that resonation when you feel that connection make sure you go back and listen to that again because uh not to belabor the word but it is a journey Exactly. <laughs> and it's an unfolding, a um, progressive light that God wants to um, bring us and is offering to take us closer Up. and deeper into himself. Come on. And who doesn't want that? I mean, that's what we all say all the time. So why would we want to stay stuck in one place? I always thought it'd be funny to do a big conference, have mm-hmm. like 20 speakers and call it Jesus is Enough. Yeah. And then just, you know, get up there the first night and be like, is Jesus enough? And everyone's like, yeah. And then just sit down. I seen something really cool <laughs> happen once where I was at a Rodney Howard conference Ooh. and uh, this guy was speaking and he was just sharing from the floor. And then he cried out and another guy jumped over the boards and grabbed the mic and he started and it went on for like 10 guys and the glory just fell. Right. Because the community mm. of being in one spirit and there wasn't competition, but they were pressing into the move of the spirit, which was going on with Rodney at that time, right? Yeah. It's amazing. Rodney Howard, like, Brad, some of those old videos are oh just man. they're a good drink. Like, oh, you, man. like, and it's not that it's not that we want to go back. We just no. enjoy that which God has done. Like it was a good time. I was in uh, St. Louis and I walked down onto the main floor and there was actually you could feel the electricity in the air. 
the energy in the air as you walked across the floor. And I watched him do this. I watched him say, <laughs> there's a line. You see that guy right there? And he'd say who it was. And there's a line straight down. He said, this side of the line, you're about to get whacked. And that side of the line won't. And yeah. he spoke. And sure enough, like one guy on this side is just sliding out of his chair. And guy in the right, not even getting touched. Like, What's and it just littered the one side and not the other. Just showing something that this is the real thing. This isn't pretend. Well, I remember even um, Kenneth Hagen, mm. very similar um, when I was like mm -hmm. a kid. It happened a lot when he would come to our church. But then one year we we had like we had money. So we had satellites in our church at that time. Right. And uh, they did the, the thing over satellite. And he like over satellite called us out and he was like, you get ready. And when he like <laughs> I watched like 40, 50 people get thrown to the ground yeah. like it was nuts, like. Just craziness. It was definitely an era, right? <laughs> and a really good one. Um, but God is is taking us deeper now to a place where he wants us all to walk in that. But well, to get he there, wants habitation. Yeah. He wants habitation. He doesn't want there. visitation anymore. No, because visitation, it's beautiful, but you can walk away not changed. Because I used to say, I don't even know how you could be in the presence of the creator and not be changed. And I, I don't think still it's possible, but I think that um, it can take a long time depending on you and where you're at with it. Yeah. And so you'll see those things. But the fact of the matter is, it's when we come into union or there's a transformation and a renewing of the mind is where we begin to change and become like Christ. Because Christ wants a body yeah. of believers called a bride to walk within them yeah in order to do the works he once did in greater works but if we're always focused on the outside then we never understand that the kingdom is on the inside and this is this is what i was thinking of today mm. and i didn't necessarily want to say it because i'm i don't know where i am with it mm. but i i know that i think to a degree i've been programmed to evaluate something's worth based on its physical manifestation. Yes. And so I think that's a programming. Be only because Jesus, he shifts gears at one point. Mm -hmm. Like Jesus did the manifestations. Yes. And so I, I do, that's why I'm saying like I'm on the... I but don't, look what he said to John. Yeah. He said, John was around all these things, and he yeah. said to tell John, if he can't believe in me, believe in the works that I do. Yeah. Because you've seen those with your eyes, but there's a greater thing, and that's to believe in me. And I think that's where I'm I'm looking for, mm -hmm. except I'm still just like... Um, these things will manifest, Corey. No, I know. I, it's hard to explain. Like It's like almost like I feel like I've been programmed to only find value in that which manifests. Because we've operated from the five senses, right? Yeah, where I need to realize that if the mm. kingdom is all around me, I should be aware of that. Yeah. Because then when that manifests, all of a sudden now I'm manifesting out of fullness, not yes. out of need. Yes, exactly. So um, the atmosphere can shift. Yeah. And you can feel yourself moving dimensionally in God and become aware of things. Mm -hmm. And yet um, 
there's nothing what we would have called uh, what we understood uh, going on on the outside because it's like we're created body, soul, and spirit. So God is within your spirit. Yeah. He comes into your soul first, and that's the manifestation of the experience we have personally. But he's going to come to the outer court into the flesh. But when he does that, that's what we've seen in the past. So when he did that in the past, it was a sovereign move mm -hmm. where he did something to uh, reach people. But the problem was, if they only remained there, then they didn't grow up. They could stay immature. Yeah, it's like you're remaining at the foot of the mountain. Yes. And and you're remaining there because that's the mountain where God spoke from. And it's like, well, if he spoke from there, climb up the thing. That's right. Go to where he is. And so it's like, I think it's just an internal thing that I'm working out where it's like, I'm operating like Jesus. Well, look did. at the experience you and I had. Yeah. No, I know. When we went into shoppers that time back a few years ago. That was wild. Right? But people all around us weren't being thrown to the ground, but yet we were just in another realm, totally whacked. We were so wrecked. I remember you I you mm -hmm. left me alone to go to the washroom, and mm -hmm. I was like, no, don't leave me alone. Mm -hmm. And so, like, I'm crying, just weeping, and this girl comes up to me, mm -hmm. who I had talked to about God a few times, and she said, are you okay? And I said, yeah, I'm just high on God. And she was like, what? Yeah. And then, like, you came back and started sharing to her while we're wrecked. Like, you were stumbling. Mm -hmm. Like, we were wrecked. And then I thought that I was like, because you were prophesying over her, and I thought that I was holding it together. Yeah. But John's <laughs> like, no, you were weeping like a baby. <laughs> like, you were wailing almost, yeah. you know? Like, so but that, was, that's what it looks like when God moves in the attentive meeting or the soul realm. That's what it looks like. Yeah. But when he stepped to the other but she court, entered into it a little. Well, she, through our experience, she could see us. But when you began to prophesy, though, she began to That's fall. right. But then, see, that's the gifts. That entered her mm. as a gift. But when you see it come out, manifest, that's where God talks about when you go into the place. He said, my peace will go out or your peace will go out into the room. That's an atmospheric change. And the people will either receive it or shake the dust from your feet and leave. Well, that means is when you go in, one of two things are going to happen. People are either going to experience Jesus Christ like face to face in the glory. Yeah. Or they're going to manifest demonically. Either or is going to happen, which is good. Yeah. Both are good. Both are reactions. But that we've not seen. We read about it, Charles Finney. Yeah. We've read about it uh, with others. You've seen it. I've seen it. Yeah. But um, I've seen it once. Yeah. And then remember when us on Home Street, where I got picked up off the floor. That was out of the chair like a marionette puppet. Yeah. <laughs> so it was like two angels carrying me in, and then I'm and laughing and weeping. And, yeah. Oh, we all were. That was. Yeah. I've seen it a few times like that where it just comes and everybody mm. in the room. Or we one could, time. What does it look like when Jesus says? Um, a nation in a day. Yeah. Do we believe him? Or do we just think that's a nice thought? If we believe him, it ain't going to happen by handing out tracts. It's no. not even going to happen by TV because now we have technology. That's yeah. going to happen because of the cloud. Don't you know, brother, the, the mm -hmm. word of the Lord has been preached in every nation of the world? Yeah. So that will happen because there will be a cloud 
This is what Peter was walking with. This is what Jesus was walking with. This is what God is looking for individuals to come out of religion into him. I'll never forget that story I read mm -hmm. of Charles Finney. Mm, yeah. Where like literally from 6 a.m. till noon, he went from house to house to house. People were laying on their faces, weeping in their homes. And finally he turns to his friend and he goes, well, I guess we'll have to have a meeting because there's not enough time in the day to go to every home. Yeah. Like what? It just, like, he was carrying the king, <laughs> kingdom, but the kingdom was in the natural world out in the corn or no, the physical world. Mm. But first we have to understand Ooh. who we are and what we are and what's going on. And so like, even tonight, I want to break down something God has been showing me since the eighties about the bride of Christ and about the scenario of where things are and about, um, a challenge, really a challenge to us, a challenge to me. That's how I got where I am. That's how I, I didn't do this. This isn't because I'm smart or something. This is because I was willing to follow him. That's it. Willing to follow him at whatever the cost because of the pearl of great price. Come on. And me because of the liquid love of God, because the love of God hit me so hard that there was nothing else worth on this planet, including LSD. Because I was doing all kinds of stuff at that time. But when I, when he found me, it was like, you know, we hear this saying and we say it facetiously. There's no high like the most high. Well, I can literally tell you. <laughs> there is no there high. There is definitely not. Because when I was in that bathroom, man, it was like, <laughs> you know, it went way beyond drugs I'd done. They were counterfeits. and But no mind games. But I was in the glory of the Come presence on. of the creator. Every atom in my being was alive and attention to its creator. And it's like I was it was in front of myself, if you will, because I'm one with him. It doesn't make sense to our minds, but um, love will ruin you. It will change you. Mm. And it uh, that's why it's called the bride. Yeah. The bride is part of the journey because without the bridal paradigm of a love affair, like the song of Solomon, it's hard to go into a slave of love, right? Yeah. Which is called a bond servant. How can I be a slave to righteousness or a bond servant unless I know the embrace of the, of my beloved and yeah. I know what it is that he wants and I can't outgive love. Love is so deep and so wide and so penetrating literally to every atom of your being Come that on. you become um, discombobulated and you're there. And it's like mm. um, to be a bond servant to love is not that difficult, right? No, because love is always patient, long suffering, yes. kind. Love is opening every door that benefits you. Love is bringing you to every revelation that sets you free. Like this is what we don't get. Like even it's so wild mm. because, I know I haven't walked in this yet, but Jesus, he even said, Lord, leave me not into temptation. He had so much faith or so much knowing in the goodness of God that he knew that God didn't want to tempt him. Right. Like that, that was like done over with. This isn't something I want to do to my kids. No, that, that's where I wanted to start with this statement tonight was we got to understand that God is a father. Come on. He's loving. 
and but will deliver us by his spirit, not our own self-effort that we've been trained in, right? Which is really an ego twisted from the fall called twisted imagery. That is the fruit of sin, and God hates sin. Just so we're clear, people may think, oh, you're a universalist, or oh, you think this. But you need to know some. God hates sin. How do I know? And he will deliver us as we walk in the light as he's in the light. Who will deliver me? He will deliver me. And it's not by going, John, you're a bad boy. Don't do that. That's not what I'm talking about. Jesus didn't become sin, receive all the destruction upon himself. Think about it. He became sin. What did he really look like on the cross? It was intense. Yeah, come on. But he didn't do all this just to look the other way. He's our salvation, not law, and certainly not carnality, which is what? Religion of the soul trying to please God. Religion of the soul trying to please God. God is a father. When we understand, fathers that have children will understand this. You love your kids. And if something was going to happen to them, you'd be there to defend them, even if they're wrong. You'd be there to defend them, to care for them, to help them come into the light of what they've done, but you'd be there. And why do we think God is any different than us? He's greater than us. Come on. He loves greater than us. He loves my children way beyond anything I can ever love them because they're his children. He just entrusted me them for a while. We're all the same age, ultimately. Yeah, he's allowing you to be a reflection to them. Yeah, in this journey. But but ultimately, he is love. Like I've said, he doesn't do it. It's not an attribute. It's him. When love comes in the room, it's father. It's crazy to me how many times God references animals when he references his love for us, right? Yes. The sheep, the hummingbird, or the birds, or yeah. whatever. You know what I mean? And I, I was asking him about that one time. I was like, why do you always use animal references? He said, because they act out of instinct without knowing what they do. Mm, that's good. Yeah. And he's like, they're acting, people are just acting out of the, the situations they've gone through, whether good or bad. Right. They're living out of the sum of their experiences. That's who they think they are. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And that's why there has to be a new identity in Christ Jesus, which brings you back to the truth of where you came from. Yes. And who you actually are. Higher. Yes. It's a higher state of being. That's why it says my ways are not your ways. They're as high as the heavens are from the earth. He's showing spirit is heaven. Yeah. Earth is carnality. He's saying there's no... Even the king who went and ate in the field like a beast. That yeah, was a Nebuchadnezzar. Picture. Yes. That was the Lord saying, look, you guys are acting just like the animals. He had to physically show them to get them to get a point. Mm-hmm. That we we have not, even Jesus on the cross, he says, they know not what they do. That's why it's called an awakening. And he lived in a gruesome time. Yeah. Where rape and murder and all these things happened on the daily. Yeah, they weren't they weren't like today where if there's a murder, there's an investigation. They were like, oh, that guy got killed. Throw his body down the hill. Like, you know, like it wasn't like today, you know, so we live in such a blessed, I believe, blessed time because the the world is progressing. People are saying it's getting darker. 
Mm -hmm. uh, no, it's actually getting brighter because God's into restoring. Well, and look, just look. Just look around. There's still crap because people aren't in the light. Well, there's corruption and all that stuff. But like, but, yeah. but we're talking like, I think it was what, this year or last year, like in the Middle East, there was a country that let women like drive for the first time ever. Like, yeah, that's big. You know, go to school. How many thousands of years did that take? Come on, yeah. you know, like. And, and and look at the progression we've had in our country and look at the talk of equality. Why yeah. why are people getting paid more just because they have a different gender? That doesn't make sense. Like, you know, like we're looking at things very differently today than we did 10 years ago. Yeah. I'm even confused. <laughs> you know, the, I'm like, what the, happened to the world? The only thing that I've seen that moves slower is the church. Oh yeah, there's a well, we're still back in the flipping stone age. They they're holding on because they believe that they know. We're still debating right and wrong at the foot of the tree. That's it. And God's saying right and wrong, which is Old Testament. If you took the life of Jesus, who never sinned, he did many wrong things. Hmm. Many. He he went to the woman at the well and spoke to her as she was a man. Right. Which they wanted to have him killed for. Healed on Sabbath. Healed on the Sabbath. Didn't care about whether you were Jew or pagan. Treated you the same. Didn't he? Didn't give a rip about the rules. Mm -hmm. It's kind of wild. Like those he, are what um, Malcolm Smith called the white picket fence, fence laws. laws. Yeah, he broke every the Pharisees single one. Created those around the law of God to protect God's law. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he come and kick the fence down. Yeah, yeah. and and we would say. Oh well, that's in that's rude, or that's this, or that's that. But really, what he was doing was loving, trying to awaken in them to the truth. Yeah, to get their attention, offend their mind, reveal yeah, like, their heart. Sometimes you got to stir the pot, mm -hmm. you know. And it's not that we want to offend people. That's not never my heart. I, I do sometimes, but unless it's, unless it's for the benefit of exposing something that is holding them in prison. Yeah. Um, that's what the wrath of God literally means is it goes against all those things that are holding us from coming into the fullness with him. Come on. It's not against us. It's against the things that are holding us captive. And some of those things look really good on the outside. They do. So at the beginning, I want to say this. This is not about a certain denomination or a group of people. It's about all of us in the Western church and our need. I can only speak about that because I'm not living in the Middle East. I'm not living in Latin America or in Russia, but I know what it is to be in the Western church and my experience there for 35 years, 40 years. And it's our need to be honest with ourselves by humbling ourselves and becoming as a little child to become teachable by the Lord. He will bring us out of a prison and into freedom through reformation, which is exactly what is in the embryonic stages going on on the planet right now. He loves his bride and we are his own and he will have his way no matter what theological flag we are trying to defend. He's going to have his way. <laughs> Most of us have never even understood the history of why we believe what we believe, where it came from. And so that's what Reformation is, is 
Jesus told me he was going to deconstruct before he reconstructs. And that to deconstruct is to take those things away that are lies and deceptions and came from paganism and had nothing to do with him, the religious structures that keep me imprisoned from him. They look good. They sound good. You hum a little tune with them. They're very nice. But the problem is they profit nothing. And so God really challenged me on these things. And we need to see something because we get our back up and get defensive to try to keep, you know, there's, they used to tell me when I was a little kid, there's two things you never talk about, religion and politics, because either one of those is going to get people feisty. Well, yeah, it does. <laughs> and God chose to have me speak about one of them all the time. So what can I say? Re Joshua 5, 13 and 14 in the Tree of Life version says this. It came to pass when Joshua was near Jericho that he lifted up his eyes and looked. Beheld, there was a man standing in front of him with a sword drawn in his hand. Mm. Joshua approached him and said to him, are you for us or our adversaries? Now, that's kind of where I see the church today, and especially with the COVID and the politics, is they want to know, they want to draw lines and say, are you with me or are you with or are you against me? Is this right or is this wrong? Because God is for us. Us. Well, I want to tell you something. This angel of the Lord said this. I'm neither. I'm not for you and I'm not for your adversary. So you want to know what he thinks about all this stuff? He's not for either of you. Why? He says, rather, I have now come as a commander of Adonai's army. Then Joshua fell on his face to the ground and worshiped. And he asked him, which is what all of us need to do. What is my Lord saying to his servant? Mm. What are you saying to me, Father? I'm not bringing my opinion to you. I'm not coming here to say this is what's right because I've sifted through the ashes of carnal thought. And what does it say? Earthly wisdom, which is carnal wisdom, is demonic. It can sound great to us, wise, and a great idea. And God calls it demonic because yeah. it does not come from the Spirit of God. So this scripture for me is massive in Joshua, which is basically saying to me, there's my way, and then there's all your confusion. Which do you want? And he's he spoke to this to me more than once. John, I told you, eat at the tree of life. I I didn't ask you to eat at the tree of the knowledge of good and evil anymore. Now that has come to cause divisions with people because people want me to make a decision based on the tree of the knowledge of right and wrong. I will not do this. I'm going to do this. Lord, what are you saying? And if he's not saying anything, I'm to be still. I'm not to do anything. I can't trust my ego that fell, that's twisted imaged in that tree. There's another way. And the way is called the way of the spirit. And you know what? There's very few people I've seen walking in it. It's so, new. So you would also say then that you're not allowing yourself to operate on the principles of God, but waiting for the like the, the actual command. The voice of God. I mean, there's principles. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt, obviously. Oh, but like we, we could say, well, I you know, God's for this. And so that's exactly. why I choose this. That's me just pulling a I'm, book. I'm not talking about like. The, the Ten Commandments that God put in place to help us live. Which I'm talking pretty, about pretty, which, uh, which everybody follows. 
those are pretty basic stuff, eh? And the people who don't have gone through serious things, and we need to have grace and mercy for them. Yeah, and, but but you're right. It's yeah. called um, the problem with Jesus is mm -hmm. now you may not like this, but most people wouldn't like him. Why? Because he says this: love your enemies. Those people that you don't like and that you want to fight, Jesus said, why don't you invite them for dinner? Why don't you love up on them a little bit? They're your brothers. Yeah. You think you can reach them through through legalism and trying to convince their minds? That ain't going to work. It's by my spirit, saith the Lord. One of the one of the episodes, this that's not biblically accurate. It's just a TV show. Right. The chosen one episode's pretty wild. He has the two disciples go and tend to this field, right? Yeah. So they're plowing and they're doing all this hard labor, but they're like, you know, we're doing this for guys like us. We're going to come behind us and mm -hmm. they're going to come here and eat. And we're doing this for Jesus. And like, they have all these things. Right. So then they go to this, this guy's house and you know, like the, the Samaritan story. Yeah. So they go to this guy's house and he's one of the guys who robbed and left the guy for dead. Mm -hmm. And Jesus has gone to his house. And the disciples find out, and they're like, why are we here? Yeah, it doesn't fit in the Jewish grid. And Jesus goes, well, you plowed his field. <laughs> so here they thought they were doing all this work for <laughs> their own people. Field, right? And it's the bad guy's field. Yeah, yeah. And, and the man literally, like, he's weeping before Jesus. He's like, why have you done all this for me if you knew who I was? Yeah. And and, and it was so cool because Jesus said, like, because he said, I can't, I can't leave my family to follow you, right? And she said, I don't require much from you. He said, but go, go find out who I am. Mm -hmm. You know, go look in the Torah. Go look. Like, that's all he asked of this guy. And the guy's family got blessed. He got healed. Like, the field got plowed. Like, you know, all the things. And yet they're doing it for the bad guy. Yeah. And it's like, that's Jesus. So he, here's, a, here's a really good picture of this. Uh, it says, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Whoop, whoop. So that means that while we were enemies of God, he died for us. He died for his enemies. He loved his enemies. How much do you love us? He stretched forth his arms and he died. So this Jesus, this creator God, yeah, is a loving father beyond our understanding and we're trying to put him through our own filters when he said, "You guys are in darkness, you're blind." If we would pick up that and go, well, wait a minute. Wow. Why am I trusting that my own understanding? When I can't see, I'm bumping into the walls. Why? Because I said a prayer. Now I think all of a sudden I see everything. Right. And and then we put a filter over. Now, look, look I'll, I'll throw this in as we come into this. Mm. I don't really totally understand all this stuff. Meaning I haven't come into the fullness yet, except what God's given me. And meaning that it's my truth now. There's a comment here that's mm -hmm. pretty uh, controversial. Yeah. I like it. Scott goes, maybe this pandemic is about deconstruction. It's quite possible. God's <laughs> on the throne. Let's put it that way. He knows what he's doing. One thing I found, it doesn't mm. matter if you're pro, against, whatever you are. Yeah. It's causing you to look. Yeah. And like, like seriously, in 50 years... There'll be something else probably next week. I mean, there's always something to fight about. But I feel like this has really made us look at like our, like for me anyways, mm. I've had to constantly do inventory 
and be like, what should I say? What shouldn't I say? Should I post? Should I not post? Should I speak no, out? I should I not? I know. I've had to constantly go to the Lord and, and, and like, you know me, like the old Corey would have been in the streets with pitchforks right. by now. Like I'm, I was a crazy yeah, the reactionary. Zealot. Like, yeah, like yeah. I was a zealot. Like I was just outrageously crazy for whatever I believed that second was God. And now I've actually realized like I'm being very patient before I speak about things. I'm being very like even I, I was at a uh, mm-hmm. like a thing where it was an in car thing, but and, and the guy was there to speak about that stuff. I didn't even know he was. And I was like, I didn't even know, but at the same time, like I just it's like I get it. I get what you're saying, but I just, I, for me, I got to just keep checking in because there's yeah. something like, I don't want to just be the big ox that runs in a direction and God has to continually whip to try and get me back in the right place. One thing I know, and I don't, I've never talked about this at all. I will just give you a couple of snapshots, very small, um, because it's still unfolding for me. Like God showed me a lot of things in the eighties and, the 90s and about Stratford, about what God's doing and what he wants to do even on the globe. And it's like, but I didn't have a lot of grid. I would put it through a filter I had at the time. You didn't have a grid for restoration. Not at all. And the so, reconciliation of all things. None. I didn't know about it. Christ will not return till. Until. So um, one day in the 70s, the Lord reminded me of something I couldn't have remembered because I was too little, but he showed it to me. And it was, it was, um, my parents, you know, my testimony, they were divorced. I lived with my grandparents and she died when I was 10. Well, she lived about an hour from here. And sometimes they would come to Stratford. Um, and now I'm say, you know, five, six years old, maybe somewhere in there, uh, and have a picnic at the river. Okay. And she told me about it. So, um, one time I went, I seen this vision. And one time when I was leaving the city, they were leaving the city. I was in the car and I pointed at the Perth County courthouse and said, one day I'm coming back to live here. Now I knew nothing. I, it's not a memory because I don't remember a lot from a childhood, but God revealed it to me. I knew that I was to be here and he showed this to me. I already lived here then. Yeah. I know in the way this stuff's unfolding, I know that one of my purposes, if not the purpose, is I am a reformer. I'm a person to speak about reformation and what's going on because that's been given to me. And that's what I'm speaking about to help others into the ark, because it is an ark, just like the ark that Noah built. The ark is Jesus, and he's calling people into himself in the Reformation. And there, we've talked lots about this stuff, but I know that's one of the things I'm called to because of the manuals and the things God's shown me. And even when I tried to leave Stratford, there was a period of time when I was stoner yeah. and stuff. I always wanted to leave Stratford. I used to call it Ratford, right? And um, <laughs> I wanted out. I almost lost it. But there. the funny thing about it was either when either I was in a commitment mm-hmm. with somebody or 
when I wasn't, I didn't have the funds. Either way, I it. couldn't get out of the city. I wanted to leave. More than once, I wanted to leave. I couldn't get out. But why? Because I'm supposed to be here. Yes. Because this is where I'm called to be. And this is the things he showed me about the creative arts. Well, and, and that whole hate Ashbury thing. The hate Ashbury and the music. Even just it was so cool in my in my own group of people. Um, we had we had a goal mm -hmm. set out and I got too focused, you know me, I get super focused on the goal. Mm -hmm. The only thing that matters is getting to the end. Mm -hmm. And uh it was so cool because I had a real conversation with one of my bandmates and they're like, you know, like, I just want to enjoy this. And I was like, okay, so I can't have an angle then. Right. Like, that's just me. If you want to enjoy it, fine. Great. Well, but don't, don't, I was doing it because I had false expectations put on me from probably mm -hmm. myself. Right. <laughs> Excuse me. And I had to once again do inventory. Why do I feel this way? Why do I why do I do all these things? And it was it was so powerful because a few weeks later, mm. I think two weeks ago when we were on with Shakira, yeah, that's when I realized like I'm not trying to build a church of unconditional love. I'm becoming a son who yes. is unconditional love. Which is the church, right? And that's that's the whole point of it all. It's yeah. it's I don't need a building, I don't need a I don't need anything. And like, even as I say it, I can just feel his presence coming yes. all around me. And it's like, why? Because it's his church. This whole thing has been so tainted mm. by the, the blueprints of man yeah. that it only exists inside four walls. When we tell people this has nothing to do with walls, this has to do with people's spirits and their, their persons and the, the scrolls that God's written Everybody. about them and, yeah, I'm talking like everybody outside of the church. Everybody. Like, I don't even think Paul went far enough sometimes when he said things because I'm seeing it's everyone. It's not just me. Mm. You know, it's not just me who's wrapped into Christ. It's not just me who was chosen before. And well, look at was, his audience. He knew, but he, he also said, I can't talk to you about certain things. It wasn't because he couldn't. It's because he, you wouldn't get it. Yeah, and they'd probably kill him. Yeah. And God was like, oh, I need you alive right now. You know, and so... <laughs> I like I see um such uh, a okay. shift coming that if we are willing to house it mm. if we're willing to be the place for the refugees or the 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 rough rats if, or if we're willing to be the house of God yeah the habitation of the father we'll see something we've never seen that's right but we got to get rid of stinking thinking. Dude, I had a, a prophetic word. Remember that one where like the Lord's telling me like build the stage in the center of the city yeah. for the sound is like, like we have no idea what this thing is going to yeah. it, it. I'm telling you right now, it's not going to look like um, Christian contemporary music. It, guys. It's not going to look like what we've seen through the filter. It says, except the Lord build the church, those that labor labor in vain and i always used to say the last thing i want to do is smoke up the throne room yeah, with haywood with and stuff, stubble yeah. it has to be only the gold which comes divinely from him well even i remember watching the lord brought me to Corey ashbury's youtube mm -hmm. and he's doing the song blackbird yeah and i was like that's awesome mm -hmm. and i just started to like get rocked from this song because i'm like and my friend's like, well, why is he doing that? 
And I'm like, do you not, do you not see the lure bringing the fish to the net of reckless love? Yeah. Well, this guy's really good. Oh, what else does he sing? <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I can show you a video of a guy who was newly mm -hmm. into the church watching reckless love and just sitting there being like, I've never thought of God like this. Just like starting to cry. He's not tainted. And, you know, like he's just like, this is intense. Like, you know. So if we would realize we've been in darkness. Yeah. If we would admit that. If we'd realize we've seen through a mirror dimly, but then face to face, when? We're still standing on the shoulders of a 1950s, um, which it was really wild. And that, that time frame, that whole Puritan thing rose again. We've actually yes. been eating of the fruit of the Puritan heritage, yes, which is all about conviction of sin, it, not forgiveness of sin. Right. There's a, there's a big... Man's need for other men to admit they're wrong isn't true conviction. No. Conviction is what comes and sets you free. Exactly. It gives you light and tells you what has happened. Without guilt. Without, without guilt. shame. Yeah. So, Reformation. That's really, and you can go back and listen to some of the previous uh, uh, shows we've done. We shared on Reformation and things the Lord has said. Today, I'm going to show you um, what the Lord showed me within a few decades about the bride, where she is, which was me as well, and what he wants, where he's taking us into the Reformation, right? So I'm going to quote a couple of things I've said before because they're so good and there's so much um, light in them. On this journey, we'll be traveling far to a place that's nearby. Come on. Once you're there, you'll realize that you've actually been here all along because it's your mind that's going through the journey. Where are you right now? We could go through the science of all this, but the reality is, did you ever leave? Come on. Were you ever separate? It's the mind that fell right? The mind, will, and emotions, the soul. That's why he came to save the soul, not the body or the spirit, mm. but the soul. Grace is a place where you experience a power because you've met a person. That person is the Lord Jesus, the King of grace and glory. The power is the incomprehensible incom influence of his in redeeming presence in all things. In all things, as you awaken, you will begin to experience Christ in all things, at all times. It never stops. The glory covers the earth as the waters cover the sea. It's already here. It's the knowledge, the revelation of it that we will get. It's not coming. It's always been here, right? It's the way you perceive. You're looking through a filter and you're seeing a dead tree. You're seeing everything through death and decay. God is life. He's never been death and decay. He's life. The place of grace is everywhere humble men and women live freely to fully do God's will. Mm. That's where we're called, into that state. The pure in heart, it says, will see God. What does that mean? 
It means no mixture. It doesn't mean what the Puritans taught us. It means no mixture, no leaven. You cannot have religiosity in your heart and see God because he's not religious. We've got to strip that away. Take the, God's got to remove the mixture from us, deconstruct it so that we can see. And then we'll see God because God is omnipresent in the universe everywhere. I've always had a mission statement that was written by Elizabeth Barrett Browning that is what I set myself towards. And you'll understand me much better by this. All the earth is crammed with heaven. Every bush is aflame with the fire of God, but only those that see take off their shoes. That's intimacy, by the way. I don't wear my shoes to bed. The rest just pick the berries, the work of his hands. You see it with Moses. Lord, I need to know your ways. Not like the Israelites who just want to see the work of your hands. Is miracles enough? No, I need Jesus. I need to know you, Jesus, intimately. That's what this is all about. The signs will follow, but the fact is, it's about intimacy. Like I said, I think last week or the week before, about how the Lord revealed one time in worship, I looked over and I went into this trance and I seen him and he was standing there with his, with his robe going, is it something I'm wearing? And I thought he was being, he seemed like it was funny. Like, what are you talking about? And then I realized right away what he's talking about. As soon as he comes in, everybody runs out to take the anointing. That's what he's wearing, by the way. Because he's the anointed one, his presence, and they run out to do works. They don't want Jesus. They say they do, but they want the works. They want to go do this and that. I want Jesus. The works will follow. The works are there. Once, if you don't want Jesus, then when everything's perfected, what will you want? There won't be any sick to heal. There won't be anybody to prophesy because all will hear God. None of these things will matter. Only thing that will matter is how much do I know God? Do I love him? I, do I know he loves me? Do I have an intimate friendship? Am I a friend of God? Am I a son of God? Am I in the dance of romance? This is really what uh, life is all about. Why are we here? That's why we're here. Yes, there's works to do because of problems uh, that are going on. Yes, we need to preach the gospel, all those things. But seriously? <laughs> that is not the primary. But what is your gospel? That's right. And how can you have good news if you yourself don't know the bridegroom? We've got to get back to the purpose of why we're here, and that's to know him and choose love over everything. Be known. True faith mm. is seeing him and abiding in him. No cheap substitutes, and I'm sorry, guys, there's no easy formulas. We can't give you a 12-step program. Well, and that's that's one of the questions we get sometimes where someone's like, well, how do I do what you're saying? And it's like, honestly, there's no answer to that. Keep seeking God. God, who began a good work is perfecting it. You're already doing. You just don't know it. Well, and, and that's the thing is like it took me a year of just being around. Yeah. Hearing things differently for God to finally start after to break a in, right? year show me something that was so far out of my grid. Yeah. 
that it removed probably 20 years of teaching in a second. It was like, yeah, and then it was there. So that's all we're doing here is we're dropping little bombs. We're mm -hmm. hopefully we're meeting you on your timeline. Yes, with the Holy Spirit. Absolutely. We're hopefully. Well, you know what? Even hopefully, it's him. I am just an instrument in his hand. I like being a part of what he does. You obviously like being a part of what he does because when he says do it, you have to do it. But we are. I don't have a choice. <laughs> yes, I put true. you on like a glove. Like a glove. And then you're a puppet in his <laughs> hand, right? These manuals I've written are the fruit of an unfolding revelation from the Lord over the course of about 16 years. It came from a question the Lord asked me one day. He asked, how's it working out for you? And I ask you that now. How's Christianity working out for you? I began to take inventory. And I told him. I was honest. No sense lying to God. Seriously, he knows already you'd be lying to yourself, but not to him. I told him, I believe in your word, God, but it doesn't seem to work. Now, we've given it a hundred reasons why it's not, but none of those even mean anything. That's just justification for you not being honest with yourself. It's going to happen next week. It's going to happen in 10 years. Let's prophesy all these things. Sorry. No, 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 no. That's carnality. The truth of the matter is, the word of God works, we don't, because we're carnal, because we need to understand and move into this place of spirit. That's what it is. The Lord appeared in a visitation shortly after this, after he'd said this to me, and I heard him say, meet me outside the gate. Now, buckle up, because this is where it can be a little uh, cutting, but it's good. It's good. He said, meet me outside the gate. I'm like, God, what is that? You know? And what he's talking about, the deconstruction of something's in me that needs to go. Come on. And what was he? He was speaking of what Paul said to the Galatians. I'm amazed that you're so quickly deserting him who called you by the grace of Christ. We talked about it a moment ago for a different gospel, which is really not another. Isn't that interesting? Only there are some of who are disturbing you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. And that's what's happened in the Western world. The gospel got distorted. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to what we've preached, he's to be accursed. Galatians 1, 6 to 8. He said, you foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? In other words, what kind of witchcraft have you come under? before whose eyes Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified. This is the only thing I want to know from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or hearing with faith? Are you so foolish having begun in the Spirit? Are you now being perfected by the flesh? Galatians 3, 1 to 4. Are we so foolish that we think that we're building the house for God? Are we so foolish that we think that we can be good so God would be pleased? Are we so foolish that we think that control, which is witchcraft, will work? That is not the gospel. That's the fallen state of carnality and created religion, a system. God call, or Paul called it a form without the power. Oh, dang, that looks like the West. So I began the journey. And when I say that, I'm talking about me too. 
I'm talking about me. You got to get honest with yourself. I don't want it anymore. I want Christ and the real thing. Even if it costs me, I want him. And I've walked through things that have been painful, very painful. Yeah. But the fact is, he has been faithful. And he, I always say, he gives you stretch marks in the spirit. My spirit's got a lot of stretch marks because <laughs> he was removing things from me. Come on. And he cut it away. And it was, I didn't want to give these things up. You can go back and listen to some of they the teachings. Things, yeah. Yeah. But just my whole, I was secure in them. So it wasn't easy to give it up. Yeah. So began the journey of going into the blast of the liquid love of God. Back to the future, I call it. Like David of old, it's time to bring the ark of his presence back. That's good. That's where we are. We need to bring the ark of the presence of God back to the body of Christ, to the bride. But the only way that's going to happen is when we get off the high horse of religion in our own hearts yeah. and become that little child, which is a teachable. That's what it means to be teachable. Well, what is it's funny to me. That we call our assembly services. Yeah. Because the word service means to serve. Yeah. But there's two forms. There's coming, asking God to bless that which you've built. Yeah. Or there's trusting that he will show up. Right. And, and what do you do when he does show up? I remember I was at a church. And there, there was um, multiple services the day. And by the third service, the Lord just took over. Just took the whole thing over. Do like, you know what the worst part is? We usually try to figure out what we did, that he did that, so we could do it the next time, the next time, the next time, which <laughs> doesn't work. There was no finger in this one out. No. It just came like thunder. Exactly. Boom. Exactly. And and I remembered in the early earlier service, seeing Jesus standing in the middle of the room uh -huh. longing for each person. Yeah. But, and I understand having things that you have to do. I do like, I'm not against it. I get it. Communities have and, things. And we're not against, I said at the beginning, a denomination or, denominations or anything, because what we're all we're doing is blowing a trumpet in Zion. Yeah. Saying that God wants his bride. When we started to look, and when you start to look, hmm. you'll realize you're doing some stuff that you don't know why you do it. We Yeah, we just do it over and over. What do they call that? Doing the same thing over and over again. Expecting a different result. Is insanity. Yeah. And, that's and what so we, do. we were, I remember the Sunday morning you did it, man. It was wild. I was headed up to the stage and you said, where are you going? Hmm. And I was like, well, to get ready to start. And you were like... It doesn't make a whole lot of sense to start worshiping him before you're aware that he's in the room. Yeah. And everything changed from that moment. And I realized that it wasn't because we had to get him to come before we start. It was because he was already there. We had to become aware. And what was the point of going through 30 minutes of warm up when we could just still ourselves? Because what we just said, that's a system or a structure we built. Thinking it's a service that he's going to jump through the hoops because we did ABC. No, 
No, it doesn't work like that. Well, and what if you can do that without God? What if he doesn't want to do any of the hoops? I know. And what if he just like, I'll never forget that Sunday, man, where we just hit one note and I fell backwards and you fell. And 45 minutes after we woke up and the note was still ringing because I had the, the yeah, pedal on a loop. loop. And then I looked at you and you looked at me and everybody else was laying on the ground. So we were like, okay, we're good. Yeah, I was a little you know? concerned for a moment. <laughs> we just went 45 minutes on our backs at the beginning of church. We're supposed to be doing church here. Well, I guess we really were. Well, and, and it was just so powerful. And, and I remember the Sunday where Irvin walked to the right of the stage and Boom, he got thrown to the floor, and the next person, mm -hmm. the next person, the next person. And we just stopped what we were doing and all walked in the same spot because we were like, obviously, something's There's happening. There's an angel standing over there. Yeah, like we didn't have a lot of revelation on what was happening, per se. No. But we we went with it because it was like, become, shouldn't. Become childlike. Shouldn't we be pursuing that which is abnormal to us? Mm -hmm. Like, Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like. And, and even those thoughts and those desires that come into our hearts for a moment, they're like a flicker. Shouldn't we run after those things that seem not to be us, but those inspirational things that just touch us? Yeah. Like, I don't know. I just, I'm looking at it from a different point of view because I'm realizing God's looking to build something a little bit different because a church can be shut down. Yeah. We know that now. But the bride can't. But a community no. of people you can never shut that down. And hopefully that's what you found out through the shutdown in your church. Yeah. That you became a closer community, that you reached out more to each other. Yeah. I hope that that's what I feel that way. I feel closer to some people now than I did before the whole thing happened. Because we you had know? to meet. Yeah, we had to, we had to step outside of our comfort zone and be real with each other. So over the over the eighties and the nineties, I had three dreams. Yeah, and um, the Lord was revealing to me the bride. I didn't. Again, I had a filter at the time, but I have a greater understanding now. He showed me her condition, the mindset in which she was being held captive. The Lord gave me what He called the later the bridge, which was a link, the revelations from the dreams to the relevance to the bride today. And it's a compilation made of five manuals intended to lead those who will to cross the bridge via reformation. The crossing includes going from objectivity, just looking at something to subjectivity, actually eating it, eating the bread, partaking of. Yeah. Moving on from form to function, and transitioning from a rational Greek information to intimate relational knowing. That's where we're going. So in the first dream, was really weird. Susan and I had the same dream the same night that I got married. Now, you'd think she'd be a little concerned, and she was, that she was in the wedding party and seen the ring of the woman I was marrying. And it was bigger than hers. It was the commitment I was making is what this was about. And I was about to step into the ministry. And then God was unveiling the bride to me. So we dreamed the same dream. And it was about me getting married to a woman. And I was going to move into her house. When I was in her house, 
I went over to her house. She hadn't come home yet, which is a little weird. I went into her house. I was going to be living there now. And I noticed everything was orderly and in place, like a beautiful clothing store. You've seen, went into a clothing store and everything's on shelves and it's all neatly there. Well, it was the same there. You'd open a drawer and all of her t-shirts were perfectly in order. Her socks, her dresses, it was unbelievable. The woman came into the bedroom after this, laid beside me on the bed. She kissed me on the cheek, turned over and went to sleep. Very interesting. She went to sleep. I woke up from this dream and I said to the Lord, I don't know how you could take such a bride and marry her. I couldn't. This is the way I felt. She doesn't have any passion and she's cold. Just like the woman's orderly clean house, the bride's programs were all in place and in good order in the Western church. But she had no life, spirit life, or passion for her beloved. She wants to do works, but she does not have that love affair going on that mm -hmm. takes priority. And that's why I said to the Lord when I woke up in the morning, I said, man, I, can't, I couldn't marry her, Lord. Like, she was just like, matter of fact, I might as well have been, I could have been anybody. She kissed me on the cheek, turned over and went to sleep. It was like, I don't care if, her, if everything's in order and this house is beautiful and she's going to take care of me. I can't stay here. But yet Jesus wants to. He wants to change the bride from being in this place and wake her up. This is the story of Sleeping Beauty. That's what that nursery rhyme's all about, is the prince wants to kiss her and wake her up because she's asleep. And she's got all of her things in order, and she thinks she's serving the Lord, and Jesus is coming back, and all this stuff. But she's asleep in the light. The second dream came a few years later. This one was wild. I was holding onto the bottom of a pontoon plane. It's like a, a small plane, that's, and it's got pontoons for landing on water. And I was clinging with my nails to the bottom of the pontoons, way up in the air. And then all of a sudden, I came sweeping down into these fields of grain. And I watched the wind blowing the grain, and it looked like sea, you know, the sea where the wa water's moving in this golden grain. It was gorgeous. And that um, it was ready for harvest. And as it swooped down, um, I could see the sun shining and the wind blowing. It was just so beautiful. And in the distance, and it's like as he came down, the plane came down. It's like I just dropped onto the ground mm. and I looked. And there, there was a farmhouse on top of a hill in the middle of the fields. And as I looked at, the, at it, I seen a man dressed in black walking around the house. He appeared to be controlling the house. He was very cold, had no emotion at all. So I waited and I snuck past him and got into the house. And when I got into the house, I found a girl. She was somewhere around 15 to 17 years of age, sitting at the kitchen table. 
Now, 15 is just like she's just from 13, right? She's just starting into teenage years. Yeah, she's on the second that you said that, I felt mm. like it was prematurity. She was coming to life, yeah, but not yet mature. Like it's like the the passion had awakened, but there wasn't maturity there. Right. So she's sitting at the kitchen table. Instantly, I felt an overwhelming love and compassion for her. It wasn't that I was being drawn to her in some kind of sexual way. I just felt this incredible love towards her because I believe I was feeling the love of Christ the for her, the bride. And so I sat down next to her. It was then that I realized that she was deaf and mute. She had braces on the top of her teeth uh, and a bicycle chain on the bottom row of her teeth. At this point, I woke up from the dream and the Lord revealed the meaning of what I had dreamed. He had showed me that I had arrived from above in the plane that's called in the spirit. I came by the spirit. And then the guy walking around, this was the father of religion. He's the one holding it captive in our hearts, right? Yeah. Controlling and keeping the bride captive. The fields are white for harvest, waiting for the bride. John 4, 35. Now, I tried to talk the Lord into talking, telling me I couldn't get the braces and the bicycle chains were weird, man. Yeah. And I just, I tried for years. God, what the heck is that? And he just closed my mind off and he wouldn't show me. I'm serious. Decades went by. Then one day I was in my swimming pool by myself. I was just, uh, before I went to work, I'm going to swim. And I was standing at the one end of the pool and the Lord just spoke to me just like that. And he said to me, John, braces speak of correction braces are what you put on to correct your teeth yeah and always being subject to the spirit of religion which keeps her under law she's under correction under the spirit of legalism she's under the the whole old testament jewish law which has control over what she speaks that's right what you behold you become come on second corinthians three eighteen, king james the bike, bicycle chains, they represent an earthly or carnal form of transportation. It's called self-propelled. To ride a bike is for me to self-propel it, right? This symbolizes self-promotion, being self-powered, not promoted from above. The airplane represents the spirit from above, and the chains are self-driven. So that means that one... She's under this carnal control, this this religious control and of correction. Through correction, yeah. Constant correction. It's called sin conscious. Yeah. And the other is being pressed to get out there and do this and do this and do this. Nobody's really listening to what the Lord wants to do, but what they're told. Yeah. Right? And so that's what he said. And then the girl's deafness demonstrates how the father of religion— blocks one ability to hear the father come on her inability to speak represents the voice uh, the loss of voice that occurs from having to sit and be constrained 
uh, to listen in a Constantine creation rather than being active in the kingdom as a mature son. So do you see it? We go to church every week and we sit in a mass group and there's one guy speaking. Yeah, Everybody's to be quiet. You may get to prophesy, but the fact of the matter is we are in a lecture. Yes. We are not functioning as a living body. And Constantine is the one that orchestrated that one into our lives. Because it kept people under control. That's right. And so do you see why she's deaf and mute? Yeah. Mute, right? Because she's not being given a voice to speak. And they'll give you a hundred reasons why. And deaf because she's listening to the voice of man, Come on. not the voice of God. And so that's what that dream meant. And uh, that one stayed with me for many years. And again, I was trying to understand, you know, Lord, what can I do? You know? So then in the third dream, I was standing near the farmhouse again. And it happened like 10 years later. I'm standing near the farmhouse. And I'd seen the same one as in my second dream. And I seen an unfinished wall being built around the house. So he's fortifying the structure to keep it, her in there. Again, I noticed the father of religion. Come on. But he wasn't alone this time. He had a beautiful woman by the wall, watching and controlling. And she was beautiful, let me tell you. Early 20s and very seductive because she began to talk to me. Um, as I approached, she tried to seduce me and get me to take my eyes off of what was really going on. Her goal was to distract me from getting inside the house and thus interfering with the goal to rescue the bride. I woke up realizing that the bride was under a religious spirit and being seduced by the spirit of Jezebel through fear, divination, and control. That's what it is. There's divination, we'll call it some of it prophetic. There is prophetic, don't get me wrong, but there's also divination going on. It's not the bride's fault because we're only doing what we're taught. But there's a massive difference of what Christ wants to bring us into. Yeah, It's like we can settle for a word of knowledge or we can figure out how we're supposed to walk in the spirit spirit with all knowledge. Of knowledge, yeah. That's right. Knowing, just like Jesus did. I had a, I had a very um, cool interaction with a mentor from the past. And I asked him, I said, this is what I've heard. I want to know what you think. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, at first we spoke faster than we could think because we were in the desert and we needed to prime the well. Yeah. But once the water flows, shouldn't we only speak what we see and hear? <laughs> and he said to me, he said, yeah, it's, that's that's good, you know. And and he had preached the other for years. Yeah. But even he was seeing that there was a there was a need of change in the prophetic. It's grow all it is is again. I'm not speaking against things. I'm saying well, God this, defines. He and, brings clarity, and there's a maturity. Yeah, as Paul said, I have to put away childish things. There's a place to grow. Yeah, and then we need to go. Well, and he he shows like I remember when um, he was started showing me some stuff, 
I was up in Collingwood at a meeting mm-hmm. and, and he showed me, he said 90% of what is happening that we call prophetic is actually words of edification. Yes. And he said, and that's wonderful. It's beautiful. He said, but this lady, there was a lady in front of me and he mm-hmm. said, but this lady came for a word instead of waiting for me to give her when I told her I'd tell her, he said, so only give her a word of edification. Yeah. And so I told her, I said, I can't give you a prophetic word, but I could give you a word of edification. And she was like, what is that? Mm-hmm. And that's where God showed me who she was and what he loved about her. And she got touched. And then all of a sudden my buddy comes from the bathroom and the lady's about to walk out the door and he goes, no, come here. The Lord says, sell your house. <laughs> like, you know, it gives her the exact word she's looking for. Mm-hmm. Cause he said to her, I will tell you the answer. But don't go looking. Don't go looking to this guy for it. Who am I? Mm-hmm. And I, I, I remember when I was watching an old, old, old kind of Hagen video. He said it's it's unbiblical to seek a prophet for direction, mm-hmm. for the spirit of truth lives and dwells inside of in you. us. Yes, they should only merely be merely like confirming confirming that which has already been spoken to your heart that's right otherwise what are we doing we're going for fortune tellers we're looking once again for a king to give us commands who's carnal yeah and does that get us closer to the master my question is if this whole thing wasn't uh, not just there's a lot going on but this last two years Mm-hmm. If it hasn't unveiled how little we see, yeah, how little nobody we see, talks about it when it was coming. How little I see, yeah, how little Corey sees. God exposed how little I see, yeah. That, like, I'm talking the last two, three years, guys. Mm-hmm. We all know it. Nobody wants to talk about or, it. Or admit it. Nobody's doing a podcast about it. So but, remember, the bride was 15. Not yet mature. So it's okay. There's a period of time to walk through things. Come on. It's like a, 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 a one-year-old or one-and-a-half wearing a diaper is fine. A 15-year-old wearing a diaper, not so fine. But the and, problem is, is when the poop's falling out the back end and we're still trying to say it's clean. I know. I know. And it's like, guys, let's just all admit it. None of us seen or heard. If if we admit that we are blind yeah, and that God is the light, and he said, walk in the light as I am in the light. And he's talking about the spirit of Come revelation. On. Come into me. Mature. Grow up. This was such he, an opportunity to be humbled and brought to another place. But again, we got to be willing to be a, like a child. Yeah. Or we're not going to see. So. If we understand we're not picking on anybody or any particular gift, they're great prophets in the, in the land. I'm talking about the fact God wants mature sons because he wants a government. Remember it said he was born and there was no place to lay his head. What is a head? It's government. He's looking for a place to rest government. This is not a government of people with big churches and big networks. This is a government from above, in the spirit, in the heavenlies, people moving in and out of heaven and being able, it says, to judge angels, to be able to um, um, minister into galaxies. The only way this stuff's going to happen 
is if we realize we've not arrived, yeah. we get over the pablum of the teaching we've had. We look into the revelation of Christ in me and me in Christ. What does it mean? Union and grow up to be a son. And so right now there's a reformation going on. And that's why I'm speaking. I'm saying these pictures are where the bride's been. This is the prison that's holding your captive. And when it says that, it's saying the religious structures need to be deconstructed in me, yeah. in you, so that we can be built up as a house for the Lord's habitation. That's what he wants to do. He reminded me of a dream from 1983 where I was speaking on Romans chapter 6 to 8. I didn't know anything. I thought it was Romans Road. I used to use it for evangelism. Anyway, I was, I was at, at church at the time, and I'm in the glory. In this dream, I'm jumping up and down. I am just blasted, and I'm speaking on Romans 6 to 8. And everybody had their head down looking at the floor. And he said, John, I want you to lift their face and get them to look into my eyes. I thought the dream was, again, about evangelism, but it was actually about the bridge. I could literally feel the vibration about that. Lift your eyes. Uh, yes. There's a vibration. Come up here. That's, that's what I believe the sound is. And you heard it when he said, come outside the gate. Yes. And it's, and it's not because the gate's bad. No, I had to come out of the structure that I'd been imprisoned in. And it wasn't out the of that structure's house. fault? No. It was just, that's not where you were going to become what he wanted you to become. Right. So now I go out. He deconstructs. He's wow. reconstructing. And I'm here as a voice like John speaking into the wilderness. <sighs> make straight the way of the Lord who wants to arise in the suns and set government in place. We're Come living on. in a day like no tomorrow. Like it's, we're moving, shifting ages. Like I've said, we've come out of. Um, but we just don't have a grid for it. No. When, so, when they think it's the end of the world, they're right. The end of an age. Yeah. No, I just. Not the no world. Joke, not even like two minutes before we started. Someone mm. sent me 2028 is the end of the thing. Yeah. And, and I'm just like, I'm like, guys, like, I love you. And I'm, I'm for you. But here's the thing. Let's get out of the let's sandbox. Let's look for a second at God's timepiece, which is his his sons. Yeah. And how much do we look like Jesus? Well, I don't see cities uh, changing when I walk into them yet. Christ says, if I be lifted up, I would draw all men. And where was he lifted? Into In the spirit. Come on. That's the ascension. That's what he's doing. Right and this now. is the thing is we've had encounters. I've had encounters where I was just dropping breadcrumbs, right? Spending time with someone, mm. dropping breadcrumbs, and all of a sudden I put on this uh, actually worship song. But I warned her before. I said, hey, this is that church thing, but I just want you to check out this song. Right. And all of a sudden, remember, she said she turned her head back and said, wow, do you feel that? And I was like, yeah, I feel that. And I realized, like, this person is already able to feel the love and presence of Jesus. That's I think that's the to every measure, yeah. to every man, a measure of faith. 
Well, what's faith? It's the ability to believe in an unseen world. Everybody came from God and will return to him. It's just, where are they? This is like, yeah. So keep going. I don't want to interrupt. 83. I thought about it was evangelism, but what he was actually telling me about was the bridge. It had to do with lifting his bride's gaze from unworthiness and shame to looking up into his face and seeing his amazing love for her. Come on. That was what he was telling me. Then he gives me these dreams. Then he downloads the manuals over the last 16 years. Well, since really 2011, so 10 years. And the manuals of the bridge. And that's what we're doing here on the journey. But is, we got to be honest. Yeah. It was, it was 2010, 2009 where you walked it out. Yeah. The first manual, you were speaking it out from the spirit um, through prophetic words long before you ever wrote it down. Yeah. Because I remember even exact phrases mm. that you later taught mm. that would come out in yeah, the glory. Well, that was the thing. I, he, I had prophe prophecies about writing manuals, and I always looked at them and went, that's ridiculous. I don't write manuals. I couldn't even write letters to my sister when I didn't live with her because I'm just no good. I get on the telephone. That's not me. Yeah. And so then one day the Lord said about writing the manual, and I said, uh, you know, I don't write manuals, right, Lord? I'm I, telling the Lord yeah. that I don't write manuals. And he says to me, what do you think we've been doing for the last two years? This is what you're talking about. Yeah. He said, um, we've been doing the manual. So he said, start writing. And in a week, the first manual was on paper. I remember one Sunday where like you were weeping at the front of the church. Mm. Like just we like you could barely stand up. And and like you weren't having a fun time mm. in it, like it like it was and it wasn't. It you was were kind of like this is intense. And and then the wine would kick in, and you were like, cool. But like mm. I remember in that moment realizing that we had gone somewhere. That I think I really realized it when we were on Home Street, and I saw with my physical eyes yeah. that contract. Remember that rolled yes. down the wall, like it mm -hmm. rolled down the wall, like it was like an eight by eight contract. <laughs> And at the bottom, there was no signature. Right. And then one of us was like, oh, we'll sign it. And then all of a sudden, I got a word where the Lord said, no one can sign this. Yeah. And it was like, no one will take credit for what God mm -hmm. has designed okay. from the beginning of the planet. It's God. Like the reconciliation of all things is the unveiling of all creation. It means that they would see him. And know him. And when we were on with Shakira, we were talking about seeing Christ in others. That's right. And it's like that's why the gathering is important because we'll see we'll see Christ in others, but not just the gathering of the saints, the gathering of people. Oh, it's when I can see people in front of me and see Christ in them. It's just them that don't know it yet. It's like years ago I had this I fought with the spirit of fear when I was young. And uh, of the spirit world, and I wasn't even, you know, aware too much of it yet. Mm -hmm. And I went into a, a this vision one day when I got up in the morning, and I was standing there, and Satan was standing about uh, six or seven feet away from me, mm -hmm. and he was speaking to me. 
and I seen him and I was watching and he was terrified. He was shaking. <laughs> and um, the Lord speaking to me at the time. And he said he was speaking like this, the enemy to my mind. Because when he could speak to my mind, I believed what he was saying because I was already bound in fear and different things like that father religion controlling. Yeah. And then uh, the Lord said, the reason he's afraid is because he's looking at me, <laughs> the creator of the universe. Think of that. In you. Think of so that. he sees oh. Christ in me. He's freaked. But the part of me that's fallen, my mind, is going through the journey. And so he's speaking to keep control until eventually you get to the place, like Jesus said, the prince of this world comes, but he Ooh, has nothing, nothing in me. Yeah. Right? So he can might as well go for lunch. Well, and that's, if you go back to what he originally said he would do. That's it. He said, I will raise my throne above yours, above God's. And how did he do it? Hmm. Through guilt and shame. He taught people to get to God through guilt and shame. He's building a structure through works and and uh, conditional love. Yes, I'm sorry, I'm getting it. So God's belief, <laughs> and so the manuals and everything I'm doing is again uh, preparing a road for the Reformation. That's what this is all about, and it's just not me. There's people all over the planet. We're a minority, but they're there, and. I'm not that far, but I'm doing what I'm called to do, you know? And that, whoa, that's all I'm supposed to do is uh, you can feel that. <laughs> hang out with Yeshua and let him build the house. Oh, that was it. He gave me a thought a moment ago. It says all things were created uh, for him, by him, right? And through him, what do you think he's doing right now? That's what he's doing is it's through Christ and by Christ that the reformation and the restoration of all things is being done. And it's being removed now from the mind of man who thinks he's been doing it under the spirit of religion, which bears no eternal fruit. Christ is the only one, the living word coming through us that will bear fruit eternally. He said I am the way, the truth, didn't he? The life, the very Zoe life, him. And it's it's him that's doing this work. God's belief in you, God's belief in you gives substance to your faith. You're not trying to get trick them with this thing called faith. It's it's <laughs> his his belief in you that gives the very substance of your faith. And Jesus is what God believes about you. You want to know how he sees you? Jesus. Jesus is the model of us, sons of God. That's what he came to reveal. Mm. Jesus is the very context of Scripture. He's perfect theology. That's where we find ourselves. I want to read something by a guy. His name is Jacob Bohem. He's a German mystic and theologian who lived in 1575 to 1624, which is 49 years. This is what he said. There'd be many masters to be found who presume to judge in the mystery, yet they are not known or sent by God. 
Therefore, their school is called Babel. Mother of whoredom. On. They flatter on both sides. They play the hypocrites with God, and they also serve the devil. They call themselves the shepherds and pastors of Jesus Christ. They run, and yet they're not sent, much less does God own them. And what they do, they do for their honor and their belly's sake. They're living for themselves to make money. And they would not run neither if they did not obtain it in their course of spiritual whoredom and hypocrisy. In this time, a Zion verily shall be found. Come on. And the heaven shall drop down its dew, and the earth yield her fatness. Yet not so as for wickedness shall be wholly done away, for it shall continue till the end, for which Christ says, Thinkest thou that when the Son of Man shall come, that there will be faith upon the earth? He's asking the question, Jesus. And through the children of Zion shall have a fiery deliverance that they shall remain in spite of the will of the devil. They'll remain insomuch that God will work great things as at the times of the apostles. Yet it's endured not until the end, for as it was in the days of Noah, when they entered the ark, so shall it be in the coming of the Son of Man but that the Holy Ghost shall be in the hearts of the faithful in Zion. I acknowledge and I know it. For Zion shall not be from without, but in the new man. For Zion in the new man. Where is the throne of God? In the heart of man. It is already born, he says. He that would seek it, let him but seek himself. Depart from the old Adam into a new life, and he shall find whether Jesus be born in him. If he finds it not, let him enter into himself and seriously consider himself. And so shall so he shall find Babel and her workings in him. There he must destroy and enter into God's covenant. And then Zion will be revealed in him. And he shall be born with Christ in Bethlehem of Judea, in the dark stable, not in Jerusalem, as reason vain would have it, that Christ should be born in the old ass. The old ass must become servant and serve the new man in Zion. Mm. This is a, a theologian and a mystic. From that many years ago, think about that. That's uh, 400 and uh, almost 400 years ago now. Wow. Mm. So what is God doing? Robert Capone says this. He argues that organized religion too often encourages to act more like subjects of a police state than fellow citizens of the saints. However much you hate the law, we're more afraid of grace. <laughs> so that's kind of, if you look at <clears throat> the dreams, what we've been unloading here for the last year, and in, in part, um, the 
it's about God removing Babel from us. Mm. Come out of Babylon, right? And the, the language of Babel. We hear a lot of Babel, especially on the YouTube, calling itself Christianity. Man, when will we come back to the one true voice and realize that Christ lives in you? That Christ is the one true voice. And when you start to become aware of the one true voice, it won't matter if it comes from a little child or an old man. Mm. You'll know it's him. Come on. Right? And so we live in incredible, I would say, the best of times and the worst of times. The best of times because even the prophets and the desert fathers wanted to be here today to live now. But and it's, it's we're hard. here. But the hard times is the fact that there's this grinding going on between two seasons, just like there was in Rome when Judaism and Christianity was bubbling up out of the ground like this seedling. And Jesus was, was um, changing the structure, bringing it to the truth. And then Paul the apostle was running with it. He was the guy that was carrying the gospel. And so, uh, yeah. yeah. And by the way, I heard something the other day by Justin Abraham, and I really agree with what he said. He said, Paul the apostle was immortal. And we say, oh, yeah, but he died. Yeah, he died many times and got right back up and was alive. That's called immortality. He didn't leave until he wanted to leave. Yeah. And I went, wow, man, he was. He left them for dead. Justin says, God took him back there to see an event. And he's seen an event where Paul was beaten and left for dead. And he said, he was roadkill. I seen him. He was roadkill. He was so beaten so badly. He said it was such a mess. You wouldn't believe it. And he died. And he said, all of a sudden, Jesus says, watch this. And all of a sudden, the power of God hits him. And he said, literally, he stood up and his whole body shifted and started to change. And he, he walked right back into the city, walking on his own blood to the city where they did it. Well, they even say that his feet were smashed yeah. so many times that he walked over something like 90,000 kilometers was smashed, broken feet or something. Like, so ridiculous. It says that he was a hard man to even look at from the beatings and the things that he took. Like, mm. this was, he wasn't the guy running away from it. He he was the guy running to it, saying, that which I go to is nothing compared to that which outweighs it in Revelation. The glory. And so, if you think about that, it's do wild. you think, this is back to what Jesus said to me. John. How's it working out for you? Yeah. What do you think of my word? I think we all need to ask ourselves that. You know, it, do, it doesn't work in my world. That's because I'm not in his. And I was pulling out of Babylon now, removing myself from Babel, and I'm allowing the voice of God to lead me into the way everlasting. And he wants to raise up and build his house. That's what he's going to do and then put his government on it. That's yeah, what's happening. And it's a new day. And I'm not special. I'm not special at all. Mm. 
I just know I'm loved. Mm -hmm. And I know that he loves every single human being on the planet. And he's not interested in creating clubs. And does he love the church? Yes. Does he love the Western church? Absolutely. That's why he wants to smash that door down. And behold, I stand knocking at the door. If anyone hears my voice, let him come and we shall sup together. That's where we are, man. It's good. Let's sup. <laughs> Yay. It's a good day. And it's, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, what's the word? <laughs> mm -hmm. Hey, I'm a little drunk. It's, it's a little, uh, um, mm -hmm. hey, mm. it's sobering Ooh. to go into the wine. <laughs> yes. Jesus is so, so good. And I'm not about to, um, rape and pillage his wife. Yeah, it's just to time. get what I'd want. That's right. It's time that we love unconditionally and watch the Creator do some things that hasn't even entered our mind. Come on. Way beyond what we call the greatest thing we Ask could believe for is revival. Well, he says, let's just take nations in a day. I actually, he says, I actually love Muslims. They're not the Antichrist. Let's get this crap out of our heads and let's begin to see what God the Father, Abba Daddy, wants to do in the human race. Yeah, come on. To remove division, bring unity, bring love. Mm. Bring heaven to earth into our minds and wake us up. It's beautiful, man. All righty. How did we do? Oh, we're way early. Oh, nice. Well, we'll see you guys next week on the journey. Mm -hmm. Remember, if you want to be uh, partners with the journey, help us to continue doing what we're doing. Yeah. Go to our website. Um, you can get there. Shaba. <laughs> by just going to www.hcm-stratford.org there's a paypal button you can give and help us continue to do what we do and uh we love you and, and you we should appreciate drink that you wine. the presence of god is in you come on it doesn't come from me it's in you all we're doing is unzipping <laughs> yeah man <laughs> Behold, uh. yabba dabba do this drinks for you. We're becoming dataholics <laughs> and we don't want any help. Yeah. Yeah. Mm.